0: Hi, everybody. I am so happy tonight to have this conversation with Robin Ladinsky. She is a parenting coach, and her Facebook page is Peaceful Parenting Journey, getting kids to listen and creating deeper communication and improve children's behavior. Anyways, I'm all about mental health, and it's a hot topic these days, so I think as a therapist, whether you're an occupational therapist, physical therapist, or a parent, or a teacher, or a professional, working with children with special needs, uh, or children who are not special needs, I think you will get a lot out of this episode. I'm also looking forward to doing some future podcasts that have to do a lot more with play and joy and bringing that into therapy. I am a PVC guru, and so if you guys want to check out my website, Special Needs in Motion, you'll find some PDFs on PVC, but I'll be doing some uh, future episodes on that as well. So enjoy this episode, and here's to your mental well-being. Move, go, walk, and flow. This podcast, Special Needs in Motion, is dedicated to helping individuals learn to move and function at their best. Listen along to learn a little and maybe even laugh and be inspired. Please review and share so others can have access to our community. I'm your host, Ilana, a physical therapist, product developer, mom, wife, author, blogger, and podcaster. I love a great discussion, coaching the families with whom I work and finding solutions. I love putting the fun and play into therapy. And it is a pleasure to be your host. Just a quick note, if you'd like to sponsor an episode, please reach out to me at specialneedsinmotion.com or just check the show notes. And any information shared here should not be taken as direct advice. You know the drill. Consult your local therapist, professional, or doctor before trying any suggestions. Well, let's go. Well, I'm so glad, Robin, that you could join me on this podcast. This is just a fun podcast where I like to share ideas and things that I want to learn more about. Um, whether it's uh, techniques for physical therapy or how to interact better with kids and their mm-hmm. parents uh, which is where where you come in <laughs> <laughs> so as a parent coach and i just have to say how much i i love your facebook page and the posts you put out and they're very engaging thank you so um, i hope that's that's, I hope other people can find it when we're done and maybe take a look at at some of the things that you're offering. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to talk tonight, just some tips, you know, as a physical therapist and, you know, look, I raised four kids and some of those were um, really delightful experiences for all of us. And (laughs) some of it was less than stellar. And, you know, I think like, I don't want to ever stop learning about parenting because I think learning about parenting means that we're learning about ourselves. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, it's just so cool to talk to you because we haven't spoken to each other in so long and (laughs) since we were like teenagers working Mm -hmm. together at camp and that was just really cool and, um, we were, we were both really, I think, blessed to be in a really special place. Um, and you just never know when you're going to run back into somebody, right? Absolutely. But anyways, tell us a little bit about like how you got into coaching and maybe kind of why your coaching is a little bit maybe different. Okay.
1: Um, well, growing up, I always knew I wanted to work with kids. So I actually started out with a degree in education. And then my very last um, quarter, which kind of ages me because I don't think they do quarters in college anymore, um, a professor told me about um, social work. Of course, he was thinking about defects when I didn't even know what defects was because that's before they talked about it on the news. Um, So I went ahead and got my master's in social work. I discovered what defects was and said, no, I don't want to do that. But I discovered clinical which is when you actually do the therapy. Um, and then along the way, you know, so I was working that for a while. And then I was watching Oprah one day and she um, presented the book, The Secret, or, or I think it was a movie then. I don't know. Which yeah. First.
0: Uh-huh. I saw that.
1: Yeah. I wanted to know what year that was. I keep trying to find it. <laughs>
0: But anyway,
1: it's something about it really connected and made sense. And so from there, I just looked more and more into it and discovered stuff that just made even more sense. And I started learning more. And, you know, part of that comes under the coaching field. I mean, when I would look up like law of attraction, because that's what basically the secret was about it connected me with a lot of coaching or coaches out there and and who would teach more. And just one thing led to the other, and I said, hey, this really fits better.
0: Wow, that is so cool. I don't think I've ever heard anybody really speaking about, that I've interviewed saying about using the law of attraction, you know, to find sort of their path. So that's really interesting. And wh- why is your, your coaching a little different? Than- yes. Um,
1: I actually help the parents heal their own stuff, you know, any of the, the traumas or the misunderstandings of things. Or, you know, sometimes as children we perceive things differently than what they're intended and we make it mean something about mm-hmm. us. So a lot of the people, you know, a lot of people in general struggle at one time or another, um, I'm not important, I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this. And I help people identify those beliefs and then kind of switch them. And when you're able to release them and replace them with something that feels good, And just simply for this conversation, instead of saying, I'm not important, it's like, I am important. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more involved than just that simple. But when they are able to do that and really let go of the other one, um, the one that doesn't feel good, then things start to happen and they start to (laughs) fall into place. And then they start noticing situations in their life showing up where they do feel important and they do feel worthy.
0: And maybe also letting go of those things that don't feel good. Like I love this idea of of really paying attention to what doesn't feel right and noticing it and then letting it go if you can, you know. Oh, you can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have helped many a people, you know, many a person do that. And I have done it myself a lot.
0: You know, it's interesting. My son just called me uh, and he was telling me that he's not sure he's at the right school. And I, you know, I've been really just listening to him right now, you know, as opposed to just going in and fixing it right away and Mm -hmm. letting him kind of work through this. He's really expressing it though. He's saying, I don't think this is right for me. So I'm trying to, to pay attention to that.
1: Yeah. And help him figure out, you know, just ask some questions like, you know, what's going on? Why are you feeling that way? You know, what are mm-hmm. you wanting that you're not getting? And th- just things like that to help him open yes. up and discover that if this really isn't the right fit for him.
0: Right. And I love this idea of, of that. We don't have to have this perfect solution immediately or maybe ever, but just the journey of self-discovery is so important. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we have a lot of children that we work with as therapists that are somewhat, I, w- I will say, um, I don't really like to use the word complicated, um, but they have a lot of different challenges, you know, mm-hmm. going on. So um, they're complex. How about that? Okay. And, <laughs> and maybe that sounds a little more positive, right? Uh-huh. And um, so they may have a physical challenge going on, like something like cerebral palsy, but they could also have attention challenges or autism or behavioral. And and sometimes we ask like, oh, is it sensory or is it behavioral? Because those things can kind of play off each other a lot of times. And I just was wondering maybe you have a story or maybe you have some tips for for therapists or parents, you know, working with children that aren't just easy, not that there are any mm-hmm. easy children, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's, there's two things. Um, one, I can teach a little um, strategy that um, parents can do. And even some of the therapists can do this with the child when they're working with him or her. Um, but the first one I want to tell is a story. And I just, I, I love it. It was so amazing. Um, so a mom came into my office one day with her five-year-old son, and originally it's like, "Please work with my son, help him behave." Da 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 da. But then the mom began to realize, as I was talking, that the son, what the son is doing, makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And so, what there was one day that they came in, and it was after, it was during the winter break from school. And he was in like pre-K and he was at a day camp. I mean, a winter camp, but it was like that, the nursery or daycare center. Right. And she comes in and he said that he, the child threw his boot on the top of the building. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, so I looked at the little boy and I said, well, what did you do that for? He said, well, I needed to get my hot wheel car down. (laughs) <laughs> and then I looked at him and I just kind of like still playing, you know, as the old detective Columbo, just being curious. I'm like, well, how, in the, how did your Hot Wheel car get up there? Well, so-and-so told me that if I threw my Hot Wheel car up there, that he'd give me some Pokemon cards. <laughs> and the mom, I could just see her whole face just like have this aha. And she looked at me and said, you know he did come home with Pokemon cards. That's awesome. It made perfect sense. There was a logical
0: reason why her little boy threw his boot on top of the building. So I love your investigation, you know, and this idea of being curious versus critical. Mm -hmm. You know, and doing a little investigation. I remember my son, my older son, he... Came home from kindergarten, and had scribbled red all over this like candelabra outline, mm-hmm. and the teacher was like, "He's only using red, and he doesn't color in the lines." So I remember asking him, "Like, why? Why?" He was only five, you know, and he mm-hmm. said, "Well, mommy, it was on fire because you know it was like a uh-huh. <laughs> a menorah a candelabra." So right. <laughs> so, like, it made it made sense, right? So, if you ask, you might actually get an answer. That makes perfect
1: sense. And instead, right. so many adults, you know, have their preconceived what should it be. And you know, and if it doesn't align with what the adults think should it should be, then they think that there's something wrong with the child, whether it's, you know, acting out or they might have some kind of learning issue or so forth. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it just makes perfect logical sense to the child. Just ask them.
0: Right. Right. And have a discussion. So what is, you were going to give us like a, a little exercise.
1: Yes. Um, so as we know, you know, one of the, one big thing that I hear parents, and it's not even just in therapy sessions or coaching sessions, I should say, because I'm a recovering therapist. I don't do therapy anymore. I just do <laughs> coaching. Um, But you just hear this just around, you know, and then people will say when their kids are acting out, they just want attention. Mm -hmm. Well, duh, give it to them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I love it. You know, so essentially what I'm going to teach is a way to make sure the child has that attention on a daily basis. And I call it connection time. And so basically you set aside 10 minutes a day. And I would encourage you especially for the younger ones to do this at the same time of the day every day cuz so they know when it's going to happen. Mhm. And you explain what's going to happen beforehand and then together you can brainstorm some ideas. Of what you can do during that ten minute time frame, but when it comes time to actually do the, an activity during the ten minutes, the child gets to choose.
0: I love that yeah. that kind that kind of uh, segues into the, my question or just a, a topic of just offering choices even to mm-hmm. children who are nonverbal. Now, with some of the older kids I work with, I give them choices, especially when I've been doing telehealth recently. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say we're working on an area of the legs, you know, we're doing some lunges and squats and things like that. So I'll pick an exercise and then I let them pick an exercise. Now there's maybe on target or not, but that's not the point. The point is, is that they're directing some of their own therapy and they're choosing. So it, Mm -hmm. it really helps them to engage a lot.
1: It also gives them a sense of healthy power and control. Yes.
0: And yes. that's part of
1: what they're needing.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think you don't have to be necessarily verbal to be offered choices either. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a
1: couple more steps I want to add on that little technique. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. That's Okay. That's okay. I just want to make sure we get that in. Um, this is to be sacred time. Now, you can even together or have the child, you know, come up with what they want to call it. Some might say mommy and me time or the name of the child. If it's Johnny, Johnny's time, um, you know, whatever it, it is, it let the kid decide. And you can always they can always change it as they get older if they want. And it needs to be distraction free, which means parents, cell phone goes to the side. There's, you know, the totally 100% focus on that, on your child for that 10 minutes. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, if
1: there's more than, if there's two parents, then I would encourage um, each parent doing a 10 minute time with the child. And again, this can be at any time during the day, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, one parent, and then the other one right behind. Sure. And if there's more than one child, then, you know, you divvy that up and you can scat, you know, spread it out through the day. You know, you work with what's in your schedule. That's awesome. Yeah. And I would encourage, you know, another thing to do is if you have trouble coming up with an idea, you can make a list ahead of time and then write it on different pieces of paper or whatever, and put it in like, a jar or a box, and so if the child doesn't know what they want to do, you can just pull one out, and that's what they can do. Now that's there's, awesome. and then one last thing. Um, there's a lot of activities that are kind of maybe difficult to do in ten minutes. So you can, for example, like a, a a puzzle, a larger puzzle, you can work on it one day, and then you can do it, work on it more. The next day. Or for an older child, um, with chapter books, you can read a chapter a day. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be all inclusive in that one night, or I mean that one 10-minute time frame.
0: That's really good. I love that mm-hmm. idea of you know setting that aside and it's like that special time with full attention.
1: And the children have said a lot of the feedback I've gotten from them is it's guaranteed attention. Mm -hmm. Then no matter what else is going on, this will happen. So even if the kid is having a really awful, uh, you know, outrageous behavior wise day, this still needs to happen.
0: Now for kids that let's say are having, okay, so they're having their, their, meltdown moment or maybe it's going on all day and Mm -hmm. you're still going to give them this attention. Um, Are there any strategies, let's say during a meltdown or anything like that? Because obviously they need attention. Um, Like what's your suggestion there?
1: It kind of depends on exactly what's happening. Um, But I know this sounds kind of silly, but, um, if there's a way that you can kind of hug, give them a hug and tell them that you love them, mm-hmm. that is like huge. Right. And help them to calm down and then ask them questions about what's been going on. You know, if they're in school, you know, maybe somebody, you know, destroyed their homework or schoolwork or, um, um, I'm trying to think for a second. Um, if it or they studied for a test really, really hard and got the grade back and it wasn't as high as they were hoping. Right. Um, you know, for a much younger child, you know, well, maybe they're just hungry. When and think back, when's the last time they ate?
0: Right. Well, maybe
1: they're tired. So it's right. just, again, it's still more that paying attention. What else could be going on? And if it's not as obvious as Maybe when the last time they ate is or, or something like that. Ask them what's going on. What's got you so upset?
0: Yeah, I like that idea you know, what of paying happens. attention to their physical mm-hmm. and their sensory needs and mm-hmm. maybe even circumventing the, you know, um, meltdown before it occurs. Exactly. There was one mom I had. She um, took her son to the Marcus Autism Institute in Atlanta and, and he They actually created this like behavior mod program where he would get rewards. But what was interesting to me, because she shared it with me so that we could work on it together during therapy. But what was interesting to me was that when he was having his worst moments, that's when the actual uh, little tokens would come faster to him. So, in order to help modify the behavior, like it was almost like changing the brain. So, there wasn't like a consequence for. You know, it wasn't punishment for the behavior. It was like, let's change the behavior.
1: Yeah, it also kind of lets you know that the child could control it a lot more because if he knew he's getting that token, he could manage it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also the rewards were timed. So, you Mm -hmm. know, they didn't go on forever. So it was like a certain amount of time for a reward. And then you went back to doing whatever you were supposed to be doing. Mm Mm-hmm. That was kind of a neat little thing I learned from one of the moms. Can we talk a little bit about like our gifts versus recognizing the gifts that our kids have? And like, you know, sometimes we're trying to impose our gifts on them.
1: Yeah, we have to kind of recognize that everybody's different. And where you might have a strength in something, your child might not. And... Mm -hmm think about when you were a child, suppose that, you know, your parents were really, really good in math, but yet you just struggle and struggle and struggle. And they just harp on you and harp on you. And, you know, your brain is just not set up where, you know, math is easy for you.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: you feel like you're always disappointing them. But the reality is, is if they paid attention and recognized that you struggled in math then it would be a whole different story. Um,
0: right? Yeah. And the
1: same thing, even just not even with gift per se, but interest. I actually made a post the other day. I think it was like last week or something about a when my daughter played soccer when she was younger. And there was a little girl on the team and she was just always dancing. She loved to dance. <laughs> but her mother played soccer and just thought that was like the sport you needed to do and made her play soccer to the point that it was the girl's behavior was disruptive during practices and the games. And, you know, my daughter and I, we would talk about it sometimes when we would feel bad for the little girl, but then somehow or another, the mom figured it out. And the next season, put the little girl in dance and didn't have to play soccer.
0: <laughs>
1: and boy, you could see a whole different energy about her. She was so happy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love that. You know, and I think as therapists, we owe it to ourselves to find out. Some, we're sometimes we're so focused on what the parents want for their children. Obviously, with little kids, you know, we work a lot with the parents. Mm-hmm. Um to figure out, you know, what goals we have to set goals and it's all tied into insurance and that kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, you know, it it really behooves us to try to figure out what their interests are. If they like art, you Mm -hmm. know, bring bring it into the therapy session.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I think we can do a better job at that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You also mentioned about, Um, I'm just taking these off some of your posts, which are really cool. But, um, you also mentioned that sometimes we can be too friendly, like that, and that can lead to, I'm not good enough. How, how does that connect?
1: Um, I think you can be friendly with your child, just not friends. Like you don't confide in, in your child, everything that's going on and tell them all the details of any tough times in your life. Uh-huh. Um, they they don't need to know all of that.
0: Oh, so you mean the child's not your therapist? Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the time that I see this the most is when um parents are divorced or getting oh, divorced, yeah. and they want to hurt the other parent so bad that the child gets put in the middle. And one thing that parents need to remember is that. If you talk bad about the other parent, at some level, you're also talking bad about your child because your child is part of that parent.
0: Yeah. And it always seems to backfire at some point, too.
1: It does. It, and it's like. very sad to watch.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that happens just in strained relationships, too, you know.
1: hmm well, it can happen in, at any time, but that's just the time that I see it the
0: most. hmm And we work a lot with divorced families, all types of different types of families, you know, single mm-hmm. families and, you know, multicultural families and all different types of families. So, and, and the same issues pop up no matter what type of family it is. Right. So those things pop up a lot. And the kids sometimes get caught in the middle. You know, I see that. I see a lot of moms that struggle um, kind of with the the bearing the burden, as particularly like with a child with special needs. Um, and I don't mean anything against dads because there's amazing dads out there and I see them. But just it like seems like more often than not, uh, the dads will check out. And then the moms, of course, are left, you know, running the house and caring for the kids. And it seems like the thing that they lose is themselves. Yes. And this, uh,
1: I wanted to make sure I got back to this. So this would be a good point is one of the reasons why I think it's so important to go in and work with the parents on healing themselves is so that they can be a better parent for their child. Mm -hmm. And so that would be one of the ways to care for yourself and look at how things got to that point where they're the the main caregiver. And I'm not talking about the one, you know, where the, say a mom chooses to stay home while the dad works just in general, that tends to be the majority of the cases out there, is moms tend to be more of the caretakers and take up all the responsibilities for making sure the family runs smoothly and makes the appointments and takes them in this and that and so forth. Um, I guess one way to explain this would be to give an example of a client that I worked with, this would make a lot of sense as to why that's so important to look inside yourself is there was a mom and she would take care of everything in the house. And she had a daughter, I think she's eight turning nine when I was working with the family and she would just so gravitate towards the dad and they would just laugh and play. And, there, there was like a strain in the connection with the mom. And she's a little girl. She just wants to play. She loves arts and crafts and cooking, mm-hmm. but the mom had a hard time doing some of that. And she says, you know, I, I do this and this and this for her. Why doesn't she appreciate it? And what I was help able to help her understand is a couple things. One is She's a child, and she doesn't care about all that. She just wants the attention and and for the mom to play with her. But we looked at the mom who, growing up, had to take care of her younger siblings. She was pretty much like the parent. She did everything. And she felt that she was had to be the responsible one, and which left her little time to play. So she had this belief in her, that she had to be responsible, one, and two, you're not, she doesn't deserve to play. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I did with this lady is we went in and did some work around those beliefs, and I walked her through some different processes that I have, and she was able to let that go. And then she was, um, she realized that, you know, I do get deserved to have, get to, I do deserve to get to have fun.
0: Right. And
1: she yes. played and, you know, with her daughter, and it was great. I even got her, she and her husband to have regular date nights. So nice. he That's enjoyed, awesome. he enjoyed that too. Mm-hmm. And so but she was able to then be there more for her daughter, the way her daughter needed her. And the relationship improved, the connection that they had improved.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, people are becoming more aware of this balance and work life and balance and parenting. And, you know, that we need to have joy and fun and downtime and pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's like it's mentally it's just we're designed this way. You know, we're not workhorses. And I, I could do a whole podcast just on play. Because um, I love, I love the topic. I I think I kind of went into physical therapy just because I like to play. You know, mm-hmm. I I like playing. I was a gymnast, but also just like I would just go outside and play. And I, it kind of hurts me to look around neighborhoods. Kids either you know for safety reasons or whatever, they're they just can't just go outside and run around. Well, you
1: know? the other reason is technology.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one. That's a huge one. I think you mentioned something that how we treat a child is how they will treat themselves. Have you ever heard that? If you're
1: hard on your child, they're going to think that they can't live up to the expectations and Mm -hmm. they're not good enough. And so they're going to end up in situations that kind of play that out and emphasize that they're not good enough.
0: I have seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. It's so true. <laughs> it's so real. Yeah. So like these really, uh, yeah, yeah. When you see that happening when they're younger, man, when they get older, it plays itself out. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in mm-hmm. my own kids' lives, you know, I've seen other people's lives. It's just crazy how that, how that does it. It's like that energy kind of gets trapped.
1: Exactly.
0: And the thing is, is you're
1: not really aware that you're doing it because obviously, you know you want to feel important but mm-hmm. you know it's right your energetic level because you you believe so strongly deep inside that you're not good enough and so you're going to attract stuff that's going to validate that that's right that's right and so when you're able to go in and release that belief and replace it with something that feels a whole lot more empowering and positive then you're going to start noticing more experiences showing up where the opposite shows you know where you are good enough mm-hmm. it's like and, it's like
0: magic and, yeah and i do sometimes you know parents are so strapped and they've got other children they're dealing with not mm-hmm. just and raise, not just dealing with, it, but they're raising, <laughs> um, other than the child, let's say that I'm coming to see and they, they are stressed. And so like, I have this opportunity to come in and be, you know, the playful one, the the one that can play and give that child maybe some of that attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't replace the parent's attention, but it's just, it, I think it helps to come in and have other adults or other kids that, you know, can give children some of the attention that they may not be able to get because their parents are preoccupied or.
1: Right. And this just popped up in my head, too, is um, because I was actually talking to a client today who actually has done this. Um, he has actually given himself connection time with himself every day. Oh, so I he like that. He takes 10 minutes every day. Now for him, it doesn't always have to be at the same time every day because he's doing it just for him. Uh, but it works. He's like, this is great.
0: What does now, he do with himself? Like what's he doing? Um,
1: sometimes he'll take a walk uh-huh. or just sit outside and be in nature, uh, uh-huh. meditate, listen to some nice music. Just those are the things that he has chosen to do.
0: I love that idea. That is great. That's a great idea to give children Mm -hmm. that permission to do that. Yes, but this dad has done it for himself.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That was a dad. Yeah, the the parent can do that for themselves, you know, and and it's like, so if you're a parent that likes to read, what if you picked up a book and just for, you know, read a chapter a day, it's your time.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. And if um, wait, wait. Okay, and I'm if gonna... you're doing that with your children, you can then say, you know what? This is my connection time with me because there's no interruptions allowed during that time.
0: Right. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's all how you say it, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You Not create like... how, how sacred it is. Hmm. How special it is. Yeah. Um, okay. I have one more question, although you can tell me other things if you want, but, um, (laughs) just, uh, COVID is a very difficult time or at least it's it's a transition time for us. You know, maybe the universe is transitioning. It's kind of like when a baby's born, you know, it's, it's the Mm -hmm. tough time. So what are some tips? Because the parents, this is such a hard time for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're on technology. Their kids last year were all on technology. Some of them are, the kids are going back to school now, but who knows how long that's going to last. And Some of them don't feel comfortable going back to school because they have compromised immune systems. So they're still on technology. And any special strategies during this time? Honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind
1: is doing this connection time. Because it's an automatic break. That's something to look forward to. And create more, and then make sure that it's one-on-one time with each child, but then you can also create some of these type of experiences with the entire family. Even if you pick one day a week and rotate through the children, picking out what they want to do, let them, you know, pick out what to to have for dinner. Or you can give them a couple choices and say, do you want this or want this? Or if there's enough notice, they can say, hey, you know, on my night Saturday, you know, I'd like to have tacos. So there's enough time for mom to get or dad to get all the ingredients, Um, do a game night, you know, and let the kids rotate that or watch a movie and pop popcorn or make Sundays or, you know, something like that. There's a lot of different
0: things. It's setting some time. Right. Away from all that other stuff. Engage. So sitting next to each other on the couch with each person on their device is not your top choice.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. During these activities that I just (laughs) mentioned, that means electronics off. I'm okay with the TV on if you're watching a movie, but the phones get put to the side. There is nothing that needs, I mean, Mm-hmm. It's nothing, they're, they're not going to miss anything. I mean, it's, the world's not going to fall apart, as I guess I should say,
0: <laughs> if they don't have right. to run right
1: by them side, their side.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been so much fun. I just love talking about mental health. Um, I think <laughs> it's, it's long overdue, not just for me on this podcast, because I've touched on it in different times, but just Mm -hmm. as a culture, as a society, as parents, as teachers, health professionals, you know, it seems like it's just been bubbling under the surface and now it's come to the front. And, and I think, um, it's going to make us all better people. So I agree. um,
1: I think with things like some of the athletes that are coming forward about the stress mm -hmm. and then I even think that is something positive that could even come out of all of this COVID stuff because people are talking more and more about the stress that they're under Yeah, and it's being more acceptable to go talk
0: to somebody. Right. Because, you know, when I was growing up, if you went to talk to somebody, something was wrong. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And now it should just be a healthy part of our lives. You know, I really think like as young as age two, three, just like you go to a pediatrician, Mm-hmm. you should go to a ment like like it should be part of like a well checkup like you go get a mental health checkup mhm um and it should be the like you know insurance sends you once a year like it's covered to go to your pediatrician well they and here's your health ch- your mental health checkup too mhm i think that would be pretty cool yeah Yeah, we don't have to wait till we have big problems, you know? Right. Anyways, well, thank you so much for spending your evening with me. And could you tell everybody before we go out, like, I know you're in Atlanta, but you're also on Facebook and available to the entire world. So how can people (laughs) find you? Well,
1: they can um, send me a message or even send me a friend request because I'll be more likely to notice it that way. On Facebook, and so the spelling of my name is R O B Y N. Last name is Ledinsky, Ladinsky, L A D I N S K Y. I also, well, from there, I will send. I can send them an invite to my uh, parenting Facebook group because you can't just join anymore; you have to be invited. Um, they can also just send me an email, Robin R O B Y N m like monkey s is in sam
0: w at yahoo.com perfect yeah. well thank you robin and i hope you have a great, great. evening and, and i appreciate your being on the podcast tonight you're welcome thanks for having me i really appreciate your helping me spread these tips to someone you might know remember today might be the day that you can make a difference You can find me at specialneedsemotion.com or specialneedsemotion at gmail.com. Wishing you a really special day.